0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Hulkcast. We're coming in after Villa lost two one to Millwall in a match where they didn't really have a manager. I'm James Rushton. I'm joined by Daniel Raza and mate Villa. They're on the cusp of a new era because a new manager is set to be hired in the next week or so, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's looking incredibly likely now that it will be very, very soon. By the looks of things, if, we, if the news is to go by, and I think it's, I don't think it's even to do with the news at this point. I think we said last. Uh, well, we said on Wednesday when we released the other podcast that it would be likely that there is somebody brought in quickly considering all the coaching staff left so early. Uh, now, if we are to believe um, certain rumours that are going around and speculation, uh, there is the chance, and according to the bookies, certainly, that Villa uh, will be basically hiring one of Thierry Henry, Brendan Rodgers, or I think another name which has been thrown into the mix, Rui Faria. Um But that is according to the bookies at the moment.
0: Of course, yeah, we'll come to that later on, more on Thierry Henry, especially later on. And um, Villa just lost 2-1 to Millwall. Tammy Abraham opened the scoring. And uh, that was about it for Villa under Kevin MacDonald's caretaker manager, K Mac. Mack. Um, they didn't get going, no direction, looked hopeless. And uh, more of the same, I guess, for Villa.
1: Not really good. No, well, Kevin MacDonald obviously set out the team, being the, the caretaker manager, but I felt like Bruce hadn't left. Um, though I mean, I I can't blame him for Brie being a centre-back because of the fact that, I mean, we don't have any other centre-backs. So what else is he supposed to do, I guess? But then, like, the idea of leaving Balassi on the bench again? what, what Where has yeah. that come from? What is that all about? Why? Like, the guy is consistently performing for us. Same with El Ghazi. Like, why wasn't he in the squad? Like, the, you know the El Ghazi thing which is going on? To me... This absolutely stinks of what happened with Adama Traore before. Absolutely stinks. That's, that's quite clear, isn't it? But the more and Blassie, if we he's our highest paid player,
0: he's our highest paid player. Why is he not starting matches? He should be starting by default.
1: It's dumb, mate. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what's, I don't know why managers, I don't know why Steve Bruce and I don't know why Kevin McDonald don't want to start him. Is it attitude or what? Like, is it, a case of oh we can't drop Grealish. It's uh it's maddening, especially maddening
0: to see Villa drop the ball on a set piece, just not picking up any men, mm-hmm. and that's how Millwall
1: took that, not once but twice. That was so, that was um that was the note that I had for the first for the first one. Absolutely. The guy who scored the first goal, I forget his name. Uh he was he was in acres of space. Like he he was able to run a good ten yards before smacking that ball. It was able to charge it up like a power, like a finisher.
0: Yeah, yeah, Don't essentially. Completely. You can see him charging it up. And uh, yeah, Villa got done in. Um, I think it was kind of expected. It's very hard to win without a manager, especially if you've been tailing off. And uh, a few players do look like um, they're reeling from the sacking of Steve Bruce, whilst uh, others seem to have taken advantage. But yeah, it's still up in the air. Um, it's going to be until Villa hire a manager. International break now, so we can move on from that and talk about managers. I think we've kind of discussed that the the sacking of Steve Bruce may have been deemed harsh by some, but it was the right time. Completely. Any final thoughts on Steve Bruce before we move on? No. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm it's
1: joking, done, isn't it? It's done. Yeah, I mean, no, it is done. It is. To be fair, I, I don't because I think I think we I think we we talked about it. You know, in the last podcast, I, I think we I think the the conclusion that we came to, or certainly I did anyway, was that he did well up until a point. Uh, and he did well when the club was in a poor state, and he did help stabilise us. Uh, but he took us as far as he could, and he didn't uh capitalise on the opportunities we had to get promoted.
0: I think Villa reached a clear ceiling under him. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. I, I think, I think, I think that's it's fair to see. Uh, I think, I think that we, I, I mean, if 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 we had started the season well. Then we could have said, okay, maybe he'll take us a little bit further in the playoffs this season, or even maybe he, did, maybe we would take us to playoffs. But it was becoming increasingly clear that we were going on a downward spiral rather than an upward one, and uh, that is the conclusion I think most fans had with it. You know, we weren't winning games, and unfortunately, if you want to get to the playoffs, you have to win games.
0: Definitely do. <laughs> Can't go anywhere without them. And if uh, yeah. Villa, if they want to win games, they're gonna have to make a. Uh, not just a success of this managerial appointment, but also they're chasing the director of football, and that's going to be key. That right? has to that has to be nailed more so than the manager.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think that would be something interesting. I don't know. I don't necessarily know how it would work with us, but I guess that's why they're talking about hiring a head coach. Uh, because you know, when you, when you look at some of the names who who have been put out there and who the bookies are looking at. You know, it's Rui, guys like Rui Faria. Uh, I think Large has been um, has been talked about. Bruno Large has been talked about as a potential one. You've got Thierry Henry out there, all head coaches rather than straight up managers. So somebody who would straight up manage... Um, the way that the team plays in terms of their tactics and their style of play, um whereas somebody else would sort out the transfers. Now if it was to be somebody like a Thierry Henry or a John Terry coming in to do the coaching, then that does seem like a smart idea. That means that somebody who has experience of of making transfer dealings um would be the one in charge. Uh you know, so I I I, I do get the idea for that. You know, um but but who do you bring in as a director of football? It has to be somebody who knows their stuff.
0: Um, well, rumours kind of insist that it might be Jesus Pitarch
1: Jesus Pitarch, I probably pronounce his last name terribly,
0: but um, formerly of Valencia, um, Saragoza. Okay, yeah, but uh, someone who helped um, Rafa Benitez during his time back in the day. At Valencia, okay, before he moved to Liverpool, of course. But uh, no, he's he's been out of the game a while, um. Uh, certainly the right ideas, but I think those are Premier League ideas. Can Villa, do Villa have the power with FFP to enact these, um, any kind of expansive ideas, any dreams in the championship? And I I don't know. I think they have to really look at what they've got and make the most of that.
1: Yeah, I think you have to look at the squad and just think, look, bring in a couple of centre-backs and do something with it. But I I I don't think transfers are going to be a huge part of of, of what's going on. It's, I mean, not for January, but certainly for next summer when we lose all these loan players that we've got. And I mean, the way that it's looking, we're not going to get promoted uh, as it is, because I just because you can't without more options at the back. <laughs> but uh, like. I, I I guess I guess um that's something that the owners will know and I'm I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll have it in their in their own capacity to to know whether um whether whether Villa will be able to to make transfers. I suppose the the way that it is in the championship at the moment, if you get promoted you get the money and you're fine from there. Um but if you don't get promoted then you have to make loan signings, which is what we've been doing anyway. Um I've got no problem with it.
0: Hayes well, is the only um name that's really been linked to the director of football role at Aston Villa from what I've seen anyway. And I think his mandate not necessarily would have to be transfers and big ideas. It'd have to be the redesign of the entire structure of the football club because Aston Villa have not been a progressive or a team that promotes from be- from within. They haven't, like every single manager we've hired, it's come from outside the club. We haven't promoted our coaches. We haven't made any philosophy where we, we grow our own. And that's the same yeah. with the players as well. We don't promote youth players. We're very rarely, do we?
1: No, we don't. We don't. We don't. I like no, none of the guys who people have been talking about over the last few years have actually made it, apart from Jack Relish. Like we, we, we even even in the situation that we had where we don't have any defenders, we sent out Mitch Clark on loan. I think. I think a minor point here.
0: I think if you made the most of Villa's graduates with the yeah. expectation that Villa would have got relegated, you'd have had a decent Championship team for nothing. You'd have had Carruthers. Baker, Clark, <laughs> Steer, Well I'm not. i steer. Does he count as a youth? I don't know. A Youth graduate. Steer's not good enough. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily matter if he's not if they're not good enough. You'd have had a We're team sarcastic. for free. Yeah, no. Of course, you'd have had a team that for free rather than spending. Robinson, Johnson, Baker.
1: Yeah, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan,
0: Jordan Graham, Gar- Gary Gardner. You've had a, you'd have had a team capable of performing decently. You know, not I'm not saying this team wouldn't get you promoted, maybe. But you'd have had a team capable of performing above average. Then you add, then you make your additions. You don't need to buy the whole new team we've bought. I think if a bit of foresight would have saved us a, a humongous amount of issues.
1: Oh, definitely. And you've got guys like Daniel Johnson who just seem to do us over every single, every single time we play Preston. Callum you know, Robinson it's... as
0: well. They're just trying, they're just trying to do us in. Yeah, yeah. Or Brighton, Bannon. It's madness. Yeah, yeah. You know, no. All these players are exceptional. Exceptional at their club, beloved at their clubs, and they were, they weren't good enough for Villa, and maybe that was true. They weren't good enough at the time, but I'm pretty sure most of these players, if we had found the right role for them, they could have made it their own. I don't know.
1: No, I think it's maybe awful. it's it's just think, one of those. I think it's awful. We we've always we've always made a habit of like just letting our youth players go and just not not putting them in the team. Like yeah, like I I understand the idea of sending them out on loan and that kind of thing. That's fine, but. I think part of it is that we're just we've been so bad. Like as a team, we've been so bad that like the, the conditions aren't even right for a youth player to come through. That's the problem. Like they'd be coming straight into a team which is just which is just so used to losing and basically puts them in a position where they can't shine if you get me. Somebody like an Andre Green, how is he supposed to how is he supposed to get used to having the ball and running at a team of players or running at a defense and 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 basically getting that inner confidence when the rest of the team aren't working hard enough or don't know where to position themselves because they're so low on it? It's just I think that's the position that we've been in for for, for a number of years and um, I think the, the players that maybe perhaps that we shouldn't have let go are the ones who have already established themselves um, in the first team. Those are guys like Mark O'Brien and Barry Bannon and whatnot. But in general, like, yeah, the conditions have not been right for a youth player to come through, bar maybe Kevin Davis.
0: Yeah, well, we could have used these players as depth as depth options instead of purchasing constant depth options because mm-hmm. we Villa have got a major issue now. Well, you look at that midfield and that is the best midfield bar none, in the Championship, based on players. You know, Glenn Whelan will probably get into 90%, 85% of Championship teams. Henry Lansbury he doesn't even play for Villa, probably get into 94% of Championship teams. Yeah. Star player, yeah. key player at Nottingham Forest, and Villa can't find room for him, and he's, he's on a fair whack of wages. You, you look at these issues, that Villa just keep buying to solve their problems. Look inwards, because I'm guarantee you now, a bit of foresight would have kept us all right. And have kept us stable and we wouldn't be looking at these FFP issues because we're constantly getting the checkbook out, and that's been an accusation thrown at us about our manager search. So, f- summing up that, that director of football thing, the first thing they need to do, I guess, is just to make Aston Villa a normal football club.
1: That's it, it's not complicated, is it? To make them surely make, the, make us self functioning, just self sufficient. Yeah, self sufficient. You can't just keep throwing the checkbook out. You're right, but I think. I think it's hard for any football team right now to actually have a long term plan because results just throw a lot out the window. But some clubs some clubs do manage to do it, like Brentford and Swansea and I think Leicester now especially as well. Uh, but I, I just I think I think the, the whole idea of a director of football now is just going to be that we we let a coach sort out the side and we let somebody else sort out the transfers. Um I I don't think that's awful. I think that's what we tried to do under uh under Sherwood, wasn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, If you're going to be self-sufficient, you need one person picking the players who isn't going to get sacked based on results. Mm. You need someone... Because if you say you get a, a manager and he's in charge of transfers, they get sacked because every manager gets sacked. They're going to get sacked. The next manager of Aston Villa is going to get sacked or resign. They leave. They don't stay forever. Mm. You know, you need someone there who's a constant. That director of football needs to be a constant and his ideas need to go to his successor as well. So he's, his ideas are always going to be there and they're not going to leave the club and yet if they're not working, you sack him and you get someone else in, get someone else with another long term vision in. I don't know. It can't stay there, you know. You can't bring in a major, let him spend all the money, and sack him within two seasons, and then give another major his players. Even if you know, it's just it just gets a big mix up. You know what I mean?
1: No, no, I hear that. I hear that. I think I I never really considered it like that. I guess I guess you know, we've had we've had times at Villa as well. I think I think in general we've had really good transfers. I think in general, we've actually been pretty good at transfers apart from, yeah, maybe we have spent a little bit too much money on guys. But you know, like whoever was in charge of transfers during Paul Lambert's time and Tim Sherwood's time? I mean, I think late Paul Lambert and early, and like, you know, the start of Tim Sherwood's time over over at Villa, like some of those signings were mad good. Like they were ridiculous. I mean, granted, some of them were pretty poor, but like, yeah, some of those were, were ridiculously good. If we had a good manager with the transfers we were pulling out then, Like we could have been, we could have been doing really, really well. So now like with Steve Bruce going and Steve Bruce, by the way, is a very, very good influencer in transfers. Are we now going to struggle to to pull players into the club? That's what I worry about. And I think that's why certain people perhaps might be worried about getting in a, uh, an established championship manager, manager, like Dean Smith, for example, would they be able to pull in the same sort of names that Steve Bruce did or, um, that Thierry Henry might be able to yeah I mean
0: you'd have to hope so
1: yeah it's it's, it's 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 an interesting one really it is an interesting one I think I think having a director of football who knows knows what he's doing in terms of transfers is is, is not an awful thing whatsoever I'm pretty sure that's what it's a similar system to what we had in under Lambert and Sherwood
0: be dissimilar but yeah you need a director of football to be a constant and their ideas to be a constant if the manager's just making the decisions and buying the players he likes, when he leaves, and the players don't fit into a system anymore, you have a massive issue, a humongous issue. Because you can't shift these players. Players aren't easy to shift. Because we'd have got rid of Michael Richards, and we'd have got rid of Ross McCormack easier, but we can't because you can't just ditch them. You can't just sack them off. No, no. You've signed that contract with them to pay them and play them. Stupidity, stupidity. I hate.
1: I hate when we've. I. I hate the fact we've signed players. We've known have had issues like this.
0: Well, I hate the fact that we sign players and we have no intention of using them and we treat them. Um, In Ross McCormack's case, we may be a, a lack of respect and the fact that this guy is on so much money and we are just, it's while Steve Bruce was said he's got no place at the club because of discipline issues. You've got to do something about that. You have to, I'm not saying put the player on a pedestal. but Something has to be done about that because they are too expensive to use, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, and they're too expensive for you to
1: then buy an equal buy someone like Scott Hogan on the same amount of money, right? It's ridiculous. Right. So you're 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 complaining that the player is as is, as is issues in terms of that, but then okay, you're still paying him fifty, sixty grand a week. Like, yeah, that
0: that has to come to a head. You either have to take the legal issue of saying can we cancel this contract, which Villa haven't done, or you do the thing where you try and make it work and try and resolve these issues because that player is fart. You and the club have done this themselves. You've made him too expensive. You have made him too pricey and too valuable in terms of money to to fuck around.
1: Haven't haven't Sunderland managed to do a similar thing with Papi Gilabodji?
0: Yeah, uh, he's done less than Ross McCormack. So, I'm not sure sure where the legality of it lies because you've paid a player. You'd essentially have to offer redundancy and pay the contract off anywhere. Uh, Which is entirely pointless. You know, you can't just can the contract because you don't lock the player because you've sign you know
1: right so this is what this will happen with Sunderland right I'll just read out the statement they had right um so in order to facilitate that uh facilitate that transfer quote, quote, quote right the club entered into a written uh sorry that the, the the ending of the contract the club entered into a written agreement with the player allowing him to spend the month of july on voluntary unpaid uh leave so that was that was to um that was when they were given notice uh, under his contract that he, that he like, wished to leave. But Sunderland, basically, they confirmed that it has accepted Papi Djiloboji's repudiatory breaches of contract and notice of the same um, has been provided to the player. So I think it's been something to do with, like essentially, he didn't obey his contract. So like, if a player isn't obeying their contract, surely there's a case there, right? Like, legally. If your contract is that you have to turn up to work and play football or you have to turn up to work and train and you're not doing that, surely that's a breach of contract, right? Like, legally.
0: I guess so. Or, is it,
1: or is it? Is it just
0: difficult? It'd be more difficult than that because it, you'd have to understand the criteria of each contract and I'm pretty sure that the contract would be very fair to players. Like, in this instance, it's not going to be... a. You know, if Ross McCormack hasn't turned up of training to train because Steve Bruce has told him not to turn up, then what can be you cannot do anything about that and now Villa are, are gonna be in a big because of this. That's just silly though, isn't it? That's just silly. It's petty, especially now the manager's been sacked. Because Ross McCormack is there for the duration of the contract. Steve Bruce is there until the results fall apart.
1: Right. What was the name of the director of football we had last season? Steve Round. Do you think was that his name, Steve Round? Yeah, not uh, not director of football, sorry, CEO. Oh, Keith Wyness we had last season. Right, Keith Do You think he's going to come out with anything about this stuff?
0: I don't think legally he can at all ever until a court case is pressed. And I think he was, it was looking like he'd raised legal action against Villa at one point. I'm not sure where that's went because I thought it would actually happen by now, or a court case right. issued. But it looked like it was going to happen that he would, have, he would have sued Villa for dismissal or torturous. Interference is what it's called, not torturous. It's
1: a completely different like, context. <laughs> if I was, if I was in charge of, of, of bringing a player to the club, right? If I was involved in something like bringing Ross McCormack over on big wages, I'm not sure if he was or whatever, but it might have been other people who were. And the managers just kind of like told him not to turn up to training. I'd be like, well, hang on a second, what's going on? Why? Why? Why have you just wasted all our money like that? Like, would Tony Gia, for example, not have been angry about something like that?
0: It's completely up in the air, still, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if if a court case is issued, that's the only time we'll ever hear about it because it'll be used as evidence, and we'd we'll see the quotes. Yeah, but, but then again, I want to know more about it. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see what went on there. But uh, I, we should know. Keith Wyner has said we we'll, we'll eventually know. But when, and will it be biased? Who knows? Um, Shall we move on to the managerial discussion? Because it does look like there is one massive name who is favourite, and uh, not because of his managerial credentials. Seems that in the last day, Thierry Henry has shot to the lead. He is the complete and utter favourite for the Aston Villa job. Um, And he is the leading name on a shortlist of five managers. I'm not sure where the other four lie, but it looks like Henri has had discussions with Villa's new CEO Christian Perslow, and it looks like they've gone very
1: well. It's crazy because some um, some bookies are like holding up at like one to ten, like right now, which is crazy. <laughs> honestly, crazy. As in, you put in ten pounds, you get one, you get one quid profit. That is honestly, I didn't realize he was that much of a favorite.
0: No, he's shot up, and um, that's that's no doubt due to the flood of reports indicating the very same thing. Um, whether there's been a leak at Villa or something's happened, um, his name is the one now associated with Aston Villa, and uh, it looks like Brendan Rodgers, a fan favourite for the job, whilst in the running, doesn't look like he'll make the move to Villa. And that could either be because of reports that have come from places like ESPN that say he's not interested in the job, or for the fact mm-hmm. that it'd be difficult to prise him away from Celtic. You probably don't want to lose their manager what? mid-season.
1: <laughs> Why would you want to leave a club which is guaranteed success? <laughs> well <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the thing.
0: The thing with Celtic is you need to be successful in style. You have the mandate. You can't just win the title, you have to win it in the Celtic way. And that's just not, that's not me coming out with some talk, talks about bullshit. You have to win with style because you have so much more money, so much more respect than anyone else in the league. So you have to, you have to win at some pace and then you have to perform well in Europe. So the I think the pressure is on there. It's not just, it's not a given that you'll do the job required of you. And I think Brendan Rodgers done a hell of a job there. I think Celtic look, you know, have you ever seen one, one of their matches? They look decent, like you, you like. Look, look, watching them, there's a
1: whole. I think I watched the one where they lost. I think I watched the one where they lost in <laughs> the last minute. This oh, against uh,
0: Kilmarnock, yeah,
1: against Kilmarnock. That was, I think, that's the only Celtic game I've watched so far this
0: season. They have style and they look good. And yeah, there's been a lot of stumbles this season. I think this is the their worst season Wait, under Rogers.
1: Good, you would look good though. Do they look good in
0: the Champions League? But you, it, again, it's easy to say that. But when you have seen some of the managers they've had in the past, it hasn't always been a given that they play to the way they're meant to play.
1: No, I feel that. I feel that. But but Rogers has been at Celtic during a time where there's been like no pressure on him. Now there's pressure because Rangers are looking good, and they're not the only team who are looking good in the SPL. Or oh, sorry, the Scottish Premiership. Um, you know, he's, he's 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 under pressure now. I suppose if there's a time for him to jump, it's it's uh you know, at the end of the season if he wins the title. Yeah. Well, know, that's what I'd say anyway. They won 6 0 today. So
0: <laughs> any oh. any conversation oh. of the villa job hasn't got um, got to Rogers that much. But then again it was against St Johnston and they're down the uh mm. the other end of the table. Well I say they're down the other end of the table. There's only twelve clubs in the SBL. So being eighth isn't really that far down. No just not. under halfway. Um but you know cl- clubs are kicking on there and they're all catching up. They're about to uh, Celtic. Celtic a bit under pressure this season. Two losses. You can see why people are getting frustrated with Rodgers and Celtic because they're a bit off the pace. Yeah, one loss is big. Like, you know, teams in the SPL can go a season winning every game and drawing about three or four and losing one.
1: Because everybody's like, "Ha ha, we beat Celtic," kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you and... You got, got the big clubs to aim for, and if yeah. they're not on, the, you know, if if Hearts or Hibernian are setting the pace, and then Rangers yeah,
1: catch up.
0: You, you can, Yeah, it can be very tough. I mean, it's a given that Celtic are going to win it. It's a given. That's why it's so hard when you're off the pace because it has to be a given.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah.
0: Like, you can't be like Arsenal and be first for ages and finish second and that's okay. You have to be first <laughs> for the entire season. And I think that is... A lot of people would say that's easy. But I think when you've got the pressure on to constantly win, you have to win every season if you're Celtic. And, you know... A bit frustrating if you lose two games, one game that's frustrating
1: because you shouldn't be, but this is the thing with Celtic. they need to be focusing on the Champions League, but if you're not in a competitive league, players don't want to move over, you know, and like that, that that's the thing with celtic they need to they need to take themselves up to a certain level again, they need to be able to push on and challenge the likes of Juventus and Manchester United because you know what, they're a huge club they're a huge, huge club they're nowhere near as successful as they should be and I feel like that's because there's just no pressure on them in the league, I guarantee you when Rangers are back up there, and they will be very very, very soon, especially under Gerrard right now that Celtic side is going to look way, way better genuinely feel that, I think over the last few years they're just, they're nowhere near as good as they used to be Considering the context, then, and if Villa
0: get Brendan Rodgers or Celtic sack him, I don't know which is likelier. Did how did they get a manager that's going to take them to that level? Well, Celtic, because Brendan, yeah. Because
1: who who would you bring in? Who's better? Okay, well, listen, this is the thing. this isn't a Celtic podcast. No, no, I know, I know, I know, but the th- I think that I, th- I think the thing with Celtic is it's like you bring in somebody who has done well in the past or, you know, somebody like, okay, let let me, let me give you an example. So like Louis van Gaal, for example, right? Somebody like him, I'm not saying that that's who you'd bring in, right? But somebody like Louis van Gaal has um, done really badly at his last job. I don't think it was awful at Man United, but he did. He didn't, he didn't do well at Man United, right? Uh, He was hounded out almost. um, His reputation kind of sank a lot for it. He could go over to Celtic now, Right and and win a load of titles and it'd look better for it, I think. With rog- Rogers, for example, a lot of uh, a lot of teams perhaps didn't want to didn't want to go to him after after Liverpool, but he's gone over to Celtic and now he's looking like a prize possession again. Tell me, Villa fans would have been as excited about his name being brought up the minute after it gone from Liverpool. Yeah, I think he would have. Right. You go to Celtic as a... You can bring in a manager. You can bring in a manager who's clearly talented, but needs that success again. And they can go over to Celtic and they can take it. They can get that success. That job it's is positive. a prize challenge honestly. It's a positive move. Yeah, but bringing it back around, bringing
0: the conversation back around to Villa. How do Villa... If they want Rodgers, how do I go about it? Because you have to convince him personally that Villa are better. Mm. You have to deal with Celtic you might not want to lose him despite the frustration how do you do that because isn't the battle already lost if the manager himself isn't convinced about the challenge he's taken on and you have to convince him
1: yeah I guess so like I I I don't I don't I don't see why he'd want to come over to Villa I guess maybe 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 he he sees Villa as a team that can go back into the Premier League and if you're if you're managing the premier league that's probably better i guess yeah you know the the it's the, the 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 being in the premier league is always a massive prize in in itself yep. uh so i guess there's that i guess there's that the only way to convince him is that you say look we'll give you the money to you know buy the players that you need in january and take us up i guess that's 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 all it is we just need to convince him that we're we're a team who's capable of getting going up to the premier league and then moving forward with it as well. I guess having a director of football who is um, who is happy with somebody like Brendan Rogers coming in and implementing his style of play, you know, we, you need somebody like that. You need Brendan Rogers to be able to come down and say, look, I need to play a passing style of football and I only want to sign players who can play in this way. That's the kind of thing that would convince him there because then he can look at it as a long-term project. Simple.
0: Yes. There's there's also a lot more going on with Villa's manager search though because we've got four names left on this shortlist now. One of them is a uh, Rui Ferreira. An exp- this guy is explosive. He seems to lose his shit free every three and a half games. He's got a touchline ban or he's
1: kicked off or he's had a fight. So we know why he we we know what happened at the end of his Chelsea career, right? But that was that was the time when Sunderland got awarded a late penalty, and this is at a time where Chelsea. Had never well, sorry. Jose Mourinho had never lost a home game as Manchester as Chelsea manager, and Rui Faria absolutely flipped. He just flipped in the 90th minute. Um, I think people had to hold him back, and Chelsea basically sacked him for it. Uh, that was Mourinho's first ever defeat in uh, in Stamford Bridge as a Chelsea. Faria player. left Manchester United
0: a few months ago, a few weeks ago. Sorry. Um. There's been reports that. The breakdown in relationship between Mourinho and his players is—it's because
1: Faria was sacked. It was a link between the two. Yeah, I think some fans, some Manchester United fans, seem to think as well that a lot of the poor results that have come in recent weeks have been down to Faria leaving as well, which is which is interesting because he he does he does seem to follow Mourinho everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure what went on at Manchester United. Um, I'm not sure whether.
0: He was sacked or he left on his own accord. But, you know, Mourinho was having a tough time there anyway. And now Faria is getting linked with Aston Villa. It, I don't know what to make of that. It seems very fast. Well, maybe. You no, know, he's an assistant manager. And now he's going in for the Aston Villa job. And I mean, we're going to come on to Thierry Henry, and Faria would have a lot more experience than him. But it seems to have gone, swung very fast. And we, we have no idea
1: about this guy. No, I know, but he has been coaching at a lot of big clubs over recent years, and I suppose that's something that you do need. But then you also, with that, with that kind of thing, you wonder, can he do it at a championship team? And also, and also, think about it, he's been basically the coach under Mourinho for a number of years, sixteen years. Yep. Followed into every single job. Is that the style of football that's going to take us up, though? Is playing the same style as Jose Mourinho the style that's going to take us up? I don't believe so.
0: Might as well have Steve Bruce.
1: Hmm?
0: Might as well have had Steve Bruce, exactly. if, that's, if that's the case. Exactly. I mean... exactly.
1: I'm not <laughs> suggesting that Mourinho's style is bad.
0: Yeah, but his execution of it is going to be a bit better than Steve Bruce's.
1: Yeah, sure, and sure, maybe sure. Be but, we don't have, but we don't have the defensive players for it.
0: Yeah, of course. And we're going off the basis that Farrier would mirror Mourinho, which he probably wouldn't do. So we, Fa- Farias probably, would you say he's the the most
1: unknown one over Henri? I'd say so because I don't think we know exactly what he does as uh, what he has done under Mourinho. Because all you see, all you see when you look at Farrier is that you look at Mourinho, don't you? That's the thing. You might as well just be looking at Mourinho, uh, and trying to judge it off that, <laughs> you know, trying to judge it off Mourinho's style of play and and the, and the way that he's played football over the last few years. That's the only real real thing you can do. And the thing with Faria is he's been there with with great players as well. And I mean, have Man United really been performing to the standard that it should be? Not really. Yeah, so
0: Faria, I think unknown. Dean Smith, though, very much a known quantity but it doesn't seem like villa have made any serious approach for him.
1: Yeah, which is strange, isn't it? Because all the fans seem to seem to want him or a lot of fans seem to be seem to be thinking about it. I think they had an interview with Dean Smith a couple of days ago and he said it's only it's only speculation. I think he was quite high up the bookies list uh to start with, but he's not anymore. Uh I think he would be a very good fit at Villa. Obviously, um at Brentford you, we've talked about how he's a system manager. Uh he knows how to get his team passing the ball around the pitch? If you want somebody like Brendan Rodgers but can't get him, I suppose somebody like Dean Smith is perfect for that. Uh, he he will play the ball play the ball along the ground, and he's done that. Uh, he's done that attractive style of football under um or under circumstances by which he hasn't had a lot of money to to buy players. Uh, so he's he's done this with 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 largely unknown players, and it is something that uh perhaps could be beneficial to Villa's championship team.
0: I think he's definitely someone I thought Villa would have made. I don't know. Maybe they have. Maybe he's turned it down. We don't know. Um, But it doesn't seem to be like it's happening at the moment. It may come to pass that it does, especially if Henry is no longer in the running or Rogers isn't available. But uh, Dean Smith, I thought it would happen. I definitely thought this would be the, the time it happens and it, it doesn't seem to have moved forward if we're going off reports. And a bit of a shame, I guess, but then, would would Villa have the patience? To, would Villa have any patience for Dean Smith, for the fans and the board, for him to settle in, do his thing, and get Villa up and running again? Because it might not be this season; it might be a season and a half it takes. Okay, like he did at Brentford.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. He hasn't taken a team up yet, has he? He hasn't taken a team up through the Championship yet. Brentford have bottled it a couple of times. But they—it's not—they
0: not, they are punching above their weight, though. They are. They are.
1: They are. Yeah, I think I think that is that is the thing to remember. here. Uh, you yeah, know, I think they finished ninth last season as well, but they were still the most attractive team. Now, if we were to play attractive football, I think we would end up winning games rather than drawing them. And I think that we would end up doing a lot better. And I guess that is something that Villa fans have been have been craving for years now, just somebody who gets the ball down and just, and just has, uh, and just gives us good football to watch. Because unfortunately the thing that we've had recently is that we've had bad results and we've had bad, um, and we've had bad football to watch. Like there's, there's no, there's, there's, there's no meat in the middle <laughs> as, as it is. Mm-hmm. I don't see why Dean Smith would take any longer than any of the other guys. Genuinely. I don't, I don't see why Dean Smith would take any longer than say Thierry Henry.
0: It, it, it just seems to be the case that, um, I don't know, if, if Villa wouldn't have the patience for him, it, it'd be quite difficult. But the, the main issue for me is that it doesn't seem to be a serious approach as of yet. I think um, we wrap up the managerial discussion. With, of course, the favourite, Thierry Henry. He comes out of <laughs> nowhere and with little experience, at club level at least. I think he's, he has done a few seasons at Arsenal as under-18 coach or manager. And of course, his role with the Belgium set up as a, as a coach, as a striking coach there. Yep. Um, he's a favorite mate. He, he It's a likely, he look, It's looking likely as we record that he'll become the next Aston Villa major.
1: Yeah. No, look, I, I, I think we're, we're all just happy to take the step into the unknown. I think we've, we've had so many experiences with, with managers over the last few years who just seem to have, who who Villa fans kind of have looked at and thought, well, there's no real ambition here. I don't think we've, really taken any huge risks with anybody i think remy Gard, to be fair was quite an exciting one an exciting risk to take same so was tim sherwood and i think that this now is i think we're in an area we're in a case now where we're like we've been doing so poorly that hey you know what let's try it let's just try something there's no real ideal manager you can bring in right now i don't believe so anyway i don't think you can pinpoint any name and go right he is the ideal manager to bring in so if we do manage to strike gold with Thierry Henry, then heck, it's worth the risk. And of course, um, another name, I'd love to talk more about
0: Henry, but I know nothing of what he'll bring like Faria. I don't know well, what specifically
1: he would bring. Do you, know, he's, you know, he's been like, he's been talked about as a, as a coach for loads of different places, hasn't he? I think it was quite heavily linked to the Bordeaux job as well, like earlier this, earlier this summer. Look, the thing is, you know, he's, he's been working with big players. He's worked with big players at Belgium. He's done that with Roberto Martinez. They took Belgium, I believe, as far as they've been for, for, for years. I don't know. I, I, it must be like... I th- it, Semi-finals are as far as Belgium have ever gone, right? Surely. Um, certainly, you'd look at it and go that it's, it's probably the best Belgian side ever. Um,
0: but yeah, with, with Henry... I think we get the disclaimer that no matter who comes in, it looks like John Terry will rejoin the club in some capacity. Um, does that make any
1: bitter pill to swallow <laughs> a bit easier to swallow? I don't know where it's coming from. What do you um, mean? Are we still... I mean, it's John Terry stuff. Uh, but are we still allowed to sign free agents? I believe so. I wouldn't, don't, don't quote me on that. I'd love it if we brought him in as a as a player coach. I'd yeah. love if that's the discussion we're having. Yeah, but if, if
0: anything's to be believed, it looks like he'll come in, like he's interviewed for the head job, manager role, but... Really? Got, yeah, yeah, he hasn't got the coaching badges that he needs to take the job anyway. Right. So he can't oh, become the manager. But, and like he has less experience than Henri. He's never managed. To no, play. no, he does.
1: He's never managed. He's not coached in any capacity, I don't think.
0: Yeah, it's not like Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard who have had minor coaching roles. Yeah. Or Henri, who's had major coaching roles. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. This is someone who has managed, I think, Chelsea under-15s for an afternoon, genuinely. (laughs) And that's no bad thing. It's just because he has consulted teams and defences. I know he had a call with his brother or something and sat the the squad down. I don't know where they are. It might be a third division or National League team. And um went through set pieces with him. So he like he has got the capacity, and I know that's no comparison to anything he could do at Villa, but he has got the capacity to discuss and dissect
1: and analyse. We're talking about the former England captain for a number of years. We're not talking about England now, where you know it is it is obviously um more experimental or uh, England of the last like ten years or so. We're talking about England captain during a time where they had guys like Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney, you know, huge personalities playing for them. You know, he he knows what he's talking about and he has that leadership quality and I think that's something that you that you need in a coach. Uh he's obviously been a huge captain in terms of Chelsea's uh history as well. And he's always going to go down as a club legend for them. So look, we're not just talking about any player here. We're not talking about um any any random center back kind of like Retiring and 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 jumping into the role. This is no. This is a guy who's who's used to being the head of a dressing room.
0: Yeah, and he'll come so, in. It looks like he'll come in as Villa's assistant manager, or at least the head of the backroom staff, a liaison between the manager
1: and the dressing room, which is something he knows well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, we we might get better communication between the manager and the team, which uh, you know that's something we need. Something we need, if, there's, if anything has shown over the last few uh, last few games and, and this season, it's that there hasn't been any real communication between, uh, between the team and the manager. It doesn't look like it anyway.
0: Well, with that in mind, mate, I think uh, no, we've got no match to preview. The international break is here, thank God. Um, mm-hmm. Can we get some final thoughts from you on this manager search and the man you would like to, uh, you know, if you're looking at these five names or if you want to bring mm-hmm. some of your own into the table, who would you want to succeed? <laughs> Steve Bruce at
1: Villa well look whoever comes in um has a big job on their hands of course they do of course they do but I, I hope that whoever does come in is doing it for the right reasons and wants to take this job because they want to take us forward and and uh isn't just taking the job because they need a job Right, I hope it's somebody who sees Villa as an opportunity to to basically bring all these, these great players we have in this squad into the Premier League and take us forward for the future. Uh, and I think that some of the names in there sound like ambitious men, like ambitious characters that won't settle for anything less than, than, than success. I think for that, I think that's why names like Henri are incredibly exciting. Because you know with somebody like that, that it means so much to them. Uh, to do well in that job, especially because it might be his first job. Uh, so I think Henri's been exciting us for a while. And I think because he was a carrot that was perhaps dangled to us in the summer, he perhaps is the most exciting name there. If we're talking about people who might be the most sensible options, then look, maybe you go for somebody like Rui Faria, who has managed oh, or has coached at huge teams for all of his career. Uh, I think it's hard really to pinpoint who I think is the perfect guy. But yeah, I think Henri excites me as a name.
0: Yeah, I think I'll be reasonably happy, I guess, with anyone out of this. The names we discuss who takes over. I think I've got a preference for the D- um, Dean Smith and Brendan Rogers, and um, Faria and hum- Humry, um More unknown to me, Faria' excellent coaching track record throughout his entire career. Um, Umri, prestige contacts. Um, it's not showbiz, though, unfortunately, but we'll we'll have to see what he can do. But yeah, look, it's all up in the air. We don't know. There's no final decision made yet. And uh, I guess we'll bring you another episode when a decision is made. So fingers crossed, it's the uh, best choice for Villa, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think I I feel like in terms of this podcast, as you say, mate, I don't think we're going to be necessarily with you next Sunday. But as soon as somebody is confirmed, I think we're just going to try and dash one out, right?
0: Yeah, get a quick uh, podcast up to speak about the new man. Um, yeah, because we got nothing to preview as of yet, so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, thanks for uh, joining along, and I guess we'll see you soon. Um, one from one more final word. Anything left left to say?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, no, no, I'm I'm just excited to see a new manager. I, I think I think we we need we need. I think it's important to say as well. We just don't, we don't need just a manager now. Where I think the club is being absolutely uprooted. I think I think the owners have come in and gone right. No clean slate let's do this how we want to do it so i'm i'm very very interested in seeing who comes in uh remember that it's not necessarily just going to be a coach and an assistant coach now like there is a whole team of coaches which need to be which need to be moved in so uh you know <laughs> we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna be used to a few new names um over the course of the next few weeks well,
0: you can follow him at the Actraza. you can follow me at Jeremy Rushton, and we'll be back with a new episode once Aston Villa have made their mind up and chosen the right manager for the job. And whether they do well is something we'll be covering through the rest of the season. So keep it here, and uh, yeah, we'll see you very soon, guys. Goodbye.